When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's an August 29th edition of the call-up, which means we need to talk about September call-ups because rosters will be expanding very, very soon here. And there will be a lot of different players in the conversation to get that nod or get that bump up to the big leagues. He's Jack McMullen. I'm Arm Layton. We're going to fly through all 30 teams. And, and I know that we generally say, hey, we're going to fly through this and then not fly through it. I promise you we'll fly through it this time because there's so many names I don't want to talk about on this list. But there are plenty of names that we do want to talk about. And I will I want to put out a disclaimer first. I think one of the hardest things to be incredibly in tune with when it comes to Major League Baseball coverage is all 30 teams intricate 40 man roster situation. So if we do miss, you know, some nuance on one of the 30 teams that you follow, uh, we apologize. Uh, there, there might be a slight nuance with, with some of the 40 man situations, because that really is kind of one of the more complicated things in baseball. But we did try to take that all into account as we highlighted the names that could be brought up. That's why, some of the top, top prospects may not be mentioned or maybe mentioned in passing. And some other, you know, lesser known types seem like better candidates for us to potentially get the nod and get the opportunity to play some big league ball down the final month and change here, Jack. Yeah, it, that kind of sucks that you don't want to spend too much time on a Luis Patino or an Andrew Stevenson or a Brian Baker. But uh, I'm willing to stomach glancing over those guys for the sake of the show. I appreciate that. Uh, there's actually a few guys, a few like between the margins guys that I'm actually really pumped to talk and, about. And I think Andrew Stevenson's actually one of those, but like yeah. he's 30 and he's not a prospect. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and, which is cool, though, too. And like this is, you know, this is a prospect podcast, but, you know, this is also uh, an, an opportunity to talk about minor leaguers who don't get discussed as prospects. And, you know, it's a minor league podcast as well. And And there's guys that are not considered prospects anymore, maybe that could legitimately help teams down the stretch here or legitimately, you know, prove themselves as as capable at the big league level, you know, as we get through this. But before we do that, 
Uh, before we get into all 30 of these teams really quickly, <laughs> the guy that proved himself as very capable at the big league level was Kyle Harrison. Um, I, I think I can speak for both of us here where the Giants prospect absolutely exceeded our expectations through his first two starts. I thought the first start against the Phillies was kind of the epitome of the the Kyle Harrison experience, three and a third, five hits, two earned runs, a walk, five Ks, a hit by pitch. And like that was honestly a, a great first start as well against a very good Phillies lineup. But then he he makes his next start, a debut at home yesterday against the against the Cincinnati Reds. And this dude goes six and a third, three hits, no runs, two walks, 11 Ks. What amazed me most about well, they're actually, I have no idea what amazed me. There's like three things that amazed me, and we'll break it all down. Supremely talented. I, I had a blast watching this start because when Kyle Harrison's around the zone, oh my goodness, is he fun to watch? Uh, I'll start with the most impressive and most mind blowing thing being how much he was around the zone. I would say, I and not just with with the secondaries. In the fastball, you know, do you think he threw what was it, fifty nine of them, thirty seven landed for a strike? Uh, but how about the slider? He throws twenty three sliders and sixteen land for a strike. Or curveball, you'll see it labeled whatever. Slurve. I saw a slurve on Savant. I, perhaps the most insane thing is he he threw six changeups and four <laughs> for a strike. And I know that sounds like nothing. Going into his big league debut, he had thrown six changeups in the, his last six outings. So this is a guy that not only had confidence with his bread and butter, the fastball, but he had more confidence with the secondaries here. Like yeah. this was 2022 Kyle Harrison and every red flag that we, you know, had labeled on him going into his, you know, big league debut and in, in, into our top 100 list in this start alone, those red flags weren't there. And, and that was awesome. Yeah, you just got deeper than I was going to get. I was, I was going to say the most impressive thing to me about this outing is this guy got an out in the seventh inning and it only took him 91 pitches. This is the kind of guy I was expecting it to take 100 pitches for him to get through five. And he was going to massage his way through. And I, I said this to you before we started recording. I said this on the Just Baseball show. I would have never said that Kyle Harrison was going to put together an outing like this mm -hmm. in 2023. I thought this was a lost year command wise, dude. Yeah, I did. Did he have a triple a outing that looked like this this year? I don't think so. I think this was his best outing of the year. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he had those, like some of those like shorter little like spurts. Yeah, he like, threw there was a four inning outing. Yeah. Cause you know, they, they were careful with him through the, through the beginning of the season. He only right. threw 50 pitches for a lot of the, the, first 10 starts of the year or, but he had starts where like, if you stretched him out, he probably would have done this. There was a start uh, in early May uh, against Vegas where he went four innings of one hit, one hit ball, no runs, no walk, seven K's. Like that's kind of what this was. What, what amazed me. And I think what really stood out was, well, one, he was getting an extra couple inches of vertical on his fastball, which is great to see. He was getting more horizontal on the breaking ball, which was great to see. And then again, like the changeup, he's thrown, I think, first strike 44% of the time going into that that start. So, I mean, it shows you just, just to even have any confidence in that pitch. Overall, his entire arsenal 
he was throwing, I think, I think he had a strike rate across his entire arsenal at 55, 56%. That outing yesterday, 65% strike rate, like that will play. But before we get into like all, all of the teams real quick, the last thing I want to say on the Kyle Harrison outing was you might see not a lot of whiffs when you look at like the, the, the final score, you know, in the final breakdown over on Savant. The reason why is there were so many fastballs taken for strikes and it was, it was like some of the most uncomfortable takes I've seen. It just shows you like, this is an outlier release point for Kyle Harrison. Uh, this is just a, a kind of fastball that just, I think hitters were really uncomfortable against. Do they get more comfortable the next time they see him? Maybe. And that's going to be the question here. Cause a lot of these guys in AAA had seen him several times. And that's where, you know, sometimes the walk started to trickle in. They started to take pitches a little bit more comfortably but I mean, these guys were taking strikes down the middle and it looked like it was getting on them quick. It looked like they were surprised that it was where it was. Like, it just seemed like nobody was seeing the ball well from Kyle Harrison whatsoever yesterday in, in the Cincinnati Reds lineup, even in fastball counts. And that that tells you a lot about the quality of a heater. A hundred percent. The other thing to note here, and yeah, it kind of sucks that I have to do this, but like the Reds have been terrible offensively recently. Yes. Um, you know, kind of same thing with Grayson Rodriguez. Like he saw a terrible lineup in the White Sox and, and he dominated them. You're dominating a major league lineup. Um, Joe Ryan was amazing for the good bit for the good, you know, first month and a half, two months of this year. And then he runs into Atlanta and he has a terrible start. So I, I wonder what, and this is so unfair to Kyle Harrison, but I just wonder what it looks like against one of the better offenses in baseball because the Reds, you know, it feels like they could almost go one through nine without really having a concrete plan against a guy first time seeing him. It, it didn't seem like they had much of a plan. I mean, this guy was he was throwing 67 percent fastball here. But again, like, you know, these he was struggling to get guys out of lesser quality in triple A and in this year and, you know, did what he did to this Reds lineup. So I, I'm excited. I'm eager to see. His next start against a little bit more challenging, you know, competition. That said, this was as poised as I've seen Kyle Harrison. This was his best start of the year, which is pretty impressive for your best start of the year to be your first home big league start. Um, I think that that's something to be you know, very proud of. And and he had that moxie out there, man. For a guy that has command issues, uh, it does make me feel a little bit better when you see the guy you know, strutting his stuff a little bit the way he did out there. There was there was a lot of confidence behind Kyle Harrison in that outing. So I think Harrison may miss um, he may miss the Cubs at Wrigley. I think his next start is going to come in San Diego, which will be <laughs> fascinating. That'll be a fun one. It'll be That'll a be fun, fun one. Um, I would love to see him throw at Wrigley. That may not be the case. He'll throw it home against Colorado. But after that, I, he may face Cleveland like it's a pretty easy stretch right now for Kyle Harrison. Actually, if they can protect him from the Cubs at Wrigley, I feel really good about him kind of like snowballing momentum heading into like the true wild card race. A hundred percent. And I think the, the, the Reds flatly underestimated this kid. I really do. I think that's as simple as it was. And, you know, you have to know that if this guy's around the zone, like he can beat you. And if you have a plan, I think he's, he, that's, that's where we have our concerns is, you know, hitters with plans against him. How does he adjust? And is there any other way to, to, for him to get guys out consistently? We'll find that out. But, the the Reds didn't make him have any other way to like he was not challenged to have to find any alternative other than here's the fastball try and hit it and they couldn't and he seemed to just be able to sprinkle the secondaries in just enough 
and they were around the zone and that's all he needed. So this is a big pick me up. If he doesn't need to be this, if he could be something between what he was against the Reds and the Phillies, I mean, man, the Giants outlook just got a hell of a lot better. But heck, if he could even be what he was against the Phillies, I think that he helps them right now. So uh, I know the Giants have to be thrilled with with Kyle Harrison and, and what they've gotten so far. For sure. All right. You ready to kick it into absolute hyperdrive? Let's do it. Uh, we'll start with the National League East and we'll start with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, they're, they're not going to do much, right? Like it, it, other than you put some of these names together. I'll let you kind of walk us through the, the NL East, but Alan Winnens, Darius Vines, Forrest Wall, like it, it, Von Grissom's up there now. So we got nothing else, really. Nothing else. Yeah, I'll, I'll take us through the National League and you take us through the American League to wrap. National League, yeah, I said Winans and Vines and then Forrest Wall. Wall screams pinch runner up there. Um, and I think that they could use a pinch runner. They don't need any offensive reinforcements. Winans has actually been pretty good in spot starts for Atlanta. Um, and Darius Vines, like this guy's been a consistent, solid performer with Gwinnett. Um, you know, Smith Shaver, I know, was on the seven day. Um, I'm not sure if Smith Shaver is off. And, and Grissom, just kind of keeps bouncing back and forth. I think I put this list together and then Grissom got optioned because Albies was activated. So Vaughn Grissom will likely go back up. Um, It's just kind of all hands on deck for the best team in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to kind of just be a rotating, a rotating squad. You could see maybe they they bring up Shoemaker in in a pinch if they need him. They they could bring up uh, Soroka in a pinch. Like the the, the Braves are just going to keep rotating, you know, guys that are, you know, in this like practice squad team for them because that's really what their AAA team is. Yeah, four names here for Miami. Xavier Edwards, who should absolutely be on this roster. He should have been on this roster for a long time. He's hitting 350 yeah. with a 6% K rate. Um, a reliever that I ID that's a non 40 man guy. So he would need to be added to the 40. Anthony Maldonado has been nails in the minor leagues this year. He's got big league reliever stuff right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then you added two hitters to Troy Johnston and Dane Myers. Myers is a 40 man guy. Is Johnston a 40 man guy? Johnson is not, but Johnson's in the boat of a guy who will probably need to be added to the 40 in December. Um, you know, I, that's somebody that I think will be selected in the rule five draft if, if he is left unprotected. Yes, he's limited to first base, but you see like what Ryan Noda has done this year. And you look at what you've been able to get from a Troy Johnson. I just did an article on just baseball.com highlighting the, the prospects, underrated prospects who have really reinforced their prospect stock and Troy Johnston's one of them. I mean, you see what he's done and what he did in double a, and then now in triple a with you know, 28 games, this guy's got a three sixty five, four twenty six, six seventeen slash line. This isn't the PCL either 24 home runs. He's even stealing bags. He told me that was a part of his game that he added as well. He worked on in the off season uh, with JD Orr and that kind of like momentum lead. He's 18 and 19 on bags too. He's also capable of playing a corner outfield. It's very similar to Ryan Noda in terms of like versatility and triple A success, different offensive profiles. Um, the, the only reason I'm going long on him is, I think he has to be added to the 40 man. So I think that they're going to have to be between Xavier Edwards, Troy Johnson, and Dane Myers. All the two of the three are on the 40 man, but you can probably open up a 40 man spot by eliminating Jordan Groshans and DFAing him. So I think we could see, I think we're going to see Dane Myers and Xavier Edwards, to be honest. I don't think we see Troy. Gotcha. How about a pitcher? Maldonado, you think is a possibility or no? I would love to see that. I, I don't know. 
if they're going to make any moves with the bullpen right now. DFA um, Robertson? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> from what I've gathered, it seems like Edwards and Myers are the favorites. So um, real quick, average OPS in the PCL this year, what do you think it is? I'll tell you. I've got the numbers in front of me. 830, 837. 827. Okay. 827 OPS in the PCL. What do you think the average OPS is in the International League? 785. 802. Damn, that's pretty damn good. No, the pitching's pretty damn bad. Average ERA is 528 in the International League. Like, the pitching is terrible in that league. But credit to the hitters for taking advantage of bad pitching this year. Yeah. Um, All right, jumping to the Mets. Jose Budo, already 40-man guy. We could see Ronnie Mauricio now. Um, another non 40 guy is Mike Vassell out of Virginia. And Vassell has been throwing really well as of late with AAA Syracuse. So if they do need starts, I think Budo and Vassell could make some sense. But you mentioned this might be the time that Ronnie gets a look for real. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to get Beatty back up there um, because of where he's at in his clock. And, you know, I think it, it, they, they sent him down to probably work on something and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, and he work on another year of service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of service time, you know, the deadlines there that I think they're working with. And I think with Ronnie, he can preserve his rookie eligibility. And at this point, like, I know that the the Mets have made it clear that to, next year is not going to be all in. You know, we're not going to try to win a World Series next year. But I, I think you should have an idea of what you've got with Ronnie Mauricio at the big league level. Like, I, I don't think there's anything else to really see this guy do in AAA, and this is the perfect time to bring him up, especially with Guillaume on the IL. Um, yeah, Again, I don't need to see Jonathan Arauz. I just don't. I, I don't need to see it. Um, oh, now, it, DJ Stewart, by the way, is in a $100 million player, it seems. He's playing like it. I'll <laughs> tell you that. He's playing like it. But yeah, I, I think Ronnie Mauricio is the biggest slam dunk no-brainer. Pluto yeah. is like a kind of mail it in, like, yeah, we can just, you know, if we need starts, we can throw that guy that, out there. Vassal's the fun one. Vassal's, Vassal, the, Vassal's the fun one where it's like, is this guy a pitcher for us next year? I don't know if they want to try to find that out right now. I think it would be a great time to try to find that out uh, as they you know, try to build for next year and beyond. But I could see them just justifying leaving Vassal and triple because, you know, there's, there's not, it's not like he's been there for a, a super long time. But to me, no-brainer is Mauricio. Budo's boring. Vassal would be great to see. Yeah. Uh, Philly, Connor Brogdon is going to supply bullpen help, it feels. Um, Derek Hall and Simone Muziati were the two hitters they ID'd here. Muziati, you probably don't need him. Um, You said Derek Hall probably makes more sense for this, even though Harper is pretty much playing first base full-time. Yeah, they're they're in the weird. This is this is one of the tougher ones because I just saw that Lehigh Valley team play, and they've got so many dudes that would qualify as like options to be brought up here. But I mean, they even traded for Rodolfo Castro, so it, it's like they, they don't really need any any bats. I, I almost wonder if they try to fling a an arm up from Double A or. You know how they go about that because you mentioned like maybe they can throw one more bat on the bench, but they need a backup catcher. That's Garrett Stubbs. Rojas has settled into that fourth outfield type role uh, now that they have Marsh back, and Mundo Sosa is your utility guy, and Rodolfo Castro is the second utility guy they brought. So yeah, you could carry one more power lefty bat on the bench, which I don't hate because none of those guys that we just listed 
are like guys that are on the roster for their bats. Really? Actually, none of them are. So I could see a Derek Hall uh, as more of that thumper left-handed power bat off the bench. Um, give me a Matt stairs type of vibe for this team. And yeah. then, yeah, whatever, whatever arm. I mean, Brogdon, I, I haven't seen a guy less, less bought into the, the AAA lifestyle <laughs> than Connor Brogdon last, last game I went to. I think he literally threw two warmups and said, screw it. Like, let's go. Uh, I think that guy's ready to get back to the big leagues and, you know, try to be some sort of middle relief help. But yeah. I'm trying to think if they have anybody in double that they could bring up that's on the 40. I don't think so. So no, I mean, they, Brogdon makes the most sense. They could add McGarry to, to come out of the pen, but he, it doesn't got, feel like he's ready to do that. No, you got booed out of Lehigh Valley. Like if yeah. for throwing too many balls. So you get it out. They yeah. put him on the development list for a minute. Like I, I think that's not going to be an option. You're not putting, you're not putting McCabe on that situation. By the um, way, did you see what, uh, did you see what Rodolfo Castro did on Saturday? Um, he was in between first and second. He was playing second base field to the ground ball. So he could tag the runner instead of going to the bag. Love hand ball he separates the ball holding the ball with his bare hand tags the guy with his empty glove and then throws to first he doesn't play ball in a smart way he doesn't i watched it very close for a long time and it's it's a very hard watch he's 24 i think there's a reason why the the pirates shipped him out already right and and also this 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 is the guy that had his phone in his back pocket so like yeah i mean it's 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 been a little bit of a a roller coaster for him not the Uh, best Two guys Washington. in Washington. Yeah, two guys in Washington here. Um, Jackson Rutledge, I, I believe he's non 40, but Rutledge, I, I think it might just be time for him to be a reliever there. Um, and Rutledge has been a fine starter. I know he was getting some bullpen appearances um, either last year or early this year. Hey, he's on the 42, by the oh, way. Oh, he is on the 40. Sorry. And then Blake Rutherford. I, I, Rutherford is OPSing 1,000 in AAA. It's boring, but like it works. <laughs> it's boring, but I think with Rutherford, you should see if you have a, a big league piece here, give him consistent at bats. I know he's kind of struggled a little bit at the big league level, but let's just see what he can do. And then Rutledge, it's just one of those things where I agree. I think, you know, you might, you might be looking at either opener or like piggyback type of opportunity here. See how he does. He's, he's definitely been encouraging to watch overall this year. The numbers in double a were, were really solid. Uh, the numbers in triple a have not been as good. Uh, the, but at the same time, he's been healthy, which is really important. And I'd rather just see what he can do at the big league level at this point and with some big league coaching and and have him work work on things there. So I, I would love to see Rutledge up. And it, you look across the, the team and you look in AAA, and I don't know if there's a lot of other really legitimate options. And it's not like the Nationals have you know, any arms that they're – there's several arms that the Nationals could, could put through waivers and won't get claimed uh, if that's what they're worried about. Yes, 100%. Um, jumping to the National League Central here, the Cubs, we've got four names. I'm going to ask you to pick two. Caleb Killian, starting pitcher. Alexander Canario, who has been on a power surge as of late. Pete Crow Armstrong, who's up in triple, started really hot, cooled down. And Luke Little, the big lefty reliever, who's sitting mid to high 90s right now and has dominated across three levels so far this year. So if I had to pick two, I'm picking Little to help in that bullpen, and I'm picking Canario, who's on a crazy surge. So that uh, that last start from Caleb Killian didn't sell you? It was good. You just saw him at Victory Field. Yeah, it it was good, but I don't see him cracking into this rotation for the home stretch. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you there. I just was wondering maybe like he he struggled out of the pen in the the one – 
one of the two outings that he came out of the pen earlier this month at the big league level. So I think while it's encouraging long-term uh, for Caleb Killian as a, as, as a starter, I think he's finally putting together one of the better stretches we've seen his last four starts in triple a, a one, six, one ERA, 20% K rate, four and a half percent walk rate. So, you know, if, if they need a body it, it, at some point in the, in the rotation, I think we could see Killian and that swing man. I know that they have some interesting some interesting like scheduling situations where they might be able to get a little creative with this as well. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked to see Killian, but I'm with you. I think Luke Little, they find a spot for him by, I think they could DFA like Shane Green or something like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think PCA makes a lot of sense if you wanted a you know late game replacement defensively, a guy that can be a little bit of a spark plug, but I kind of want PCA to get at bats consistently. I'd rather Canario kind of be in some, some sort of bench tweener role uh, and then go with a Luke Little or, or a Caleb Killian. Uh, Little, the way he's been thrown out of the pen with the, from the left side, I think that would be great for them. So I, I'll oh, go Little and, and Canario. Wow. All right. Consensus. You got to switch it up, man. Just do it for the sake of takes. I will. Um, Cincinnati, TJ Antone's on a rehab. That's a big out of their bullpen if they can stick around in this wild card chase. Um, Jose Barrero and Trey Mancini. You put Mancini. I put Mancini down. I did. Um, I appreciate that you put Mancini down. I think with McLean hitting the shelf, it's Barrero's turn. Mm-hmm. 100%. I just wanted to put Mancini down before I forget. Um, they signed him for a reason. I assume he's, you know, he might get a look at some point if they need if they need him. I wanted to shout out, you know, Double Tommy John, uh, TJ Antone. You know, it, it's just you know we 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 obviously here at just baseball have a soft spot for that. Now working with Walker Bueller and you know just a soft spot in general as humans for players that have to go through that twice uh, to see Antone back so far in AAA and doing his thing. Uh, you mentioned it would be great for that bullpen. My goodness, would it be great for that bullpen to get him back? And you look at the last what are we looking at? The last seven appearances for him. He's given up one earned run. Uh, it, I mean, this is this is a guy that's settled right back into AAA, and I think will be a really good bullpen arm for them. And then you mentioned a Barrero with McLean going down. He's been swinging it well. I'm not a Barrero guy, but I think he can fill fill the void a little bit and you know be a better than replacement level player. Hopefully, if it, if if it goes right, it is a void filler. I think, and I honestly like I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I really don't see a way that Cincinnati makes the postseason. Like I just don't think that they're a wild card team. So. I think any way that you can survive through the end of the year and kind of limp to the finish line, if if that means Barrero, you know, playing second base and Elliott Short, like say la vie. Um, Milwaukee, Jesse Winkers on a rehab. That's really boring. Let's get more creative. Ethan Small, the reliever, I think can help them. Another lefty, a tall kid. I mean, just like a totally different look out of that bullpen. Um, and then two non 40 guys. You ID'd Robert Gasser here, who's going to need to be added. Yep. I ID'd Tyler Black, who's a top 100 prospect for us. Black stole a ton of bases in double A. He's gotten to triple A. The stolen bases have gone down a little bit, but he's walked more than he struck out. I, I feel like Black can be better situationally. He'll be objectively better than Winker, but I think he can be better situationally than some guys they have on the bench right now. So this is where I like this is where I can't totally say how in tune I am with the 40 man situation, because this is the question here, Jack. Tyler Black doesn't need to be added to the 40 man for another year. But in a vacuum, Tyler Black helps this team more than Robert Gasser, I think. And I think you agree with that. Yes. But Gasser needs to be added to the 40 man in December. 
So you're going to, and he will be uh, unequivocally without a doubt will be because he would be, I think the first pick off the board if he yes. was left off. I mean, the way he's been throwing lately, Robert Gasser has been awesome. So it's an interesting spot here because dude, I, I, I don't, I don't know if they would do it. I don't know, especially because he, he costs a fair amount of money and, and whatever it may be. I, I would rather use the roster spot on Tyler Black than Jesse Winker. Is that like, I, I know that that's like such a prospect guy thing to say, but like Jesse Winker stinks offensively this year. Yeah. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, yeah, I, I've never liked the way that guy plays the game either. He's a liability defensively. It's, I mean, I mean there's, there's nothing play. valuable there. He can be a negative war player if he comes back and plays consistently. He is a negative war. He's negative 0.8 this year. So that's yeah. my thing is like, is he going to hit worse than 199, 320, 247, Tyler Black? That is, no. I don't think so. No. And, but even if you get a 108 WRC plus from Jesse Winker, which is what you got last year, that was a 0.4 F4. Give me, t- like, give me Tyler Black, who also doesn't really have a position, <laughs> but at least he can play a pe- like third base. You can play first base. Um, I, they're not going to do it because he hasn't had enough reps out there, but you could probably you know, go throw him out and left. And guess what? I don't think he'd be that much worse than Jesse Winker. But also, I don't think there's much more development to be had for a Tyler Black. Like we mentioned, I don't want to take out bats away from PCA. I want to see him consistently in a lineup. For Tyler Black, like that guy, it's bat to ball. It's already there. The power's there. The stolen bases are there. Like He's just about... Kind of like Sal Freelick, like the finished product of, and what he's going to be is what he's going to be. I'd like to see him at the big league level right now. I think it's far fetched comparatively because they're going to have to add Gasser. But again, I don't know what their full forty man situation is. Maybe there's some guys that they can cast aside without a problem. So forty man not being a crunch, I would go small. I would go Gasser, and then I'd find a third fucking spot and get Tyler Black but I'm not sure what they're going to do there. Um, I, I assume that you go one of smaller gasser, right? Because, and small is already on the 40 man. So if you were going to add one guy to the 40 and assume that, you know, Winker, let's hope that they, but he's on rehab. So they have to keep him. They have to keep a roster spot open for him. Right. Yes. They would have DFA'd him already. Yes. They have to keep a roster. They have to keep a 40 spot for him. So he's, but he's going to take one of the active spots when he comes back. Yeah, but you can DFA him as soon as he does come back. Um, Would they have him on a rehab assignment if that's the case? I don't even know how that works. Yeah, you can. Like, it, it's just kind of delaying the inevitable uh, if that's the case. Like, it, it's it's a weird wrinkle. Obviously, you can't DFA a guy on the IL. I, it's bizarre. But yes, as soon as he's active, he is DFAable. Um, hmm. Like Yelich is playing left. Freelich is playing a lot of center. Weimer can play right, but Tyrone Taylor's playing a lot of right right now. Um, and can is filling in the outfield. I just don't think you need an outfielder. And like Black, yeah, he can get, he can fill in for Terang or Monasterio. Like I just think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just think of any yeah, and he, I think you can play yeah, and of course you can fill in at first when you need to. No brainer to me, but no we'll see brainer. how they handle it. That said, have you seen much small? I know we're spending more time on them, but um, yeah, I have. I, I, well, I've, they're in I've a good position. Way more Gasser. I've watched way more Gasser, and I think Gasser looks unbelievable. And lefties are I have no shot against him right now, so it'd be interesting to see him out of the pen. But I know Small has been kind of in this like lefty specialist role in a lot of ways, right? And, and he's been pretty nasty. Yeah, so I like Small a lot um, out of the bullpen. I didn't like him as a starting pitcher when I saw him in the upper levels, but yeah. I, I like him out of the bullpen now. Um, and like 
dude, we're naturally we're naturally going to spend more time on teams that are going to be in the postseason because they're trying to lock up divisions at this point. So we're spending time on a winner. Um, Small, I think, helps him out of the bullpen. Yes, he's been that lefty specialist. If you've got an inning coming up with two left-handed hitters, you want to turn to Ethan Small because not only is he lefty, but he's tall, he's lanky, and he comes from almost like a true overhead slot. It's so unorthodox. It is a lefty nightmare out of the pen. So if you're looking for a one inning guy or a two inning guy, I would go Ethan small, but they only really have four starters right now in Burns, Woodruff, Peralta and Miley. So maybe you do make the move to Gasser. That's going to be, it's going to be fun to see what they do. Last thing on small eight consecutive scoreless appearances uh, out of the bullpen and triple a. So he's weird, man. He just throws fucking weird. And like, we see guys, Ryan Walker, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. That guy just throws weird and it works. It does. Gets outs. Gets outs. Um, Jumping to Pittsburgh. I think Jared Triolo is so easy here. Triolo has been getting on base. Triolo in the past week has played third base, second base, and first base. I've seen him play shortstop. He's going to play somewhere in that infield, and the bat is good enough. And they liked him up there. It was a weird option to begin with. So I think Triolo goes up. And then pick one of your two starters, man. Max Kranich's on a rehab right now. I have no idea if Kranich's going to you know, be active by September 1. Um, I think he starts this week again, and, and they'll assess. But Jackson Wolf and Roancy Contreras, I think, are the yeah. two options. Roe is on the 40. Wolf is on the 40, too. Wolf is on the 40. That's why I threw him on there. I, I thought he could be a rare um, you know, double jump you know, where we can see him kind of go from double A to, to the big leagues. Um, I Honestly, I feel better about them turning to Wolf because I feel like Wolf is more of a guaranteed five than Rolanzi is right now. When Keller just hit his career high in innings, Oviedo, complete game shutout, looked great in Kansas City, but he's well past his career high in innings. They're going to need innings down the stretch, and I think that Wolf is a great option for is that, that. Is that indie uh, rotation? Is it just too packed right now? No, um, it's Jared Jones, Priester, Rowanzi, Cam Aldred, and Bo Sulser. So, like, there are two guys that can go to the wayside for Wolf. Um, but I don't know. I don't think they really see. I guess, yeah, I guess they just don't think there's much of a difference. Like, I think they like Wolf is one of those guys where it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not that. I'm he's going to be the worried. same guy everywhere. Yeah, that's what I think. He's going to be. He's going to be a, a five type everywhere. And and I would love to see him at the big league level grind out for a month you know, work with those guys. And, and that's a guy that if he can unlock even a little bit more, he could, he could be a nice little back end of the rotation piece, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Wolfie go up there. Um, but I think there's a lot of different options. The, 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 the Indians have a lot of different players that are on the 40 men and yeah. could get up there. So it should be fun uh, with, with that Pirates team. And by the way, Rowanzi has looked better. Fastball Velo is not there, but it's not going to be there for the rest of this year. I can pretty much promise you that like he's yeah, you don't get it back. Shut him down. Why not just shut him down? I, I appreciate what they're doing because he's not hurt. Um, and I don't think he's exhausted. I think it was just a confidence thing. But, you know, Rose seems to be in good spirits now. And the pitch mix is is getting better. And the curveball usage is getting better. And the slider usage. Yeah, like, he has looked much better. I'm looking at the numbers. The numbers do look far better of late. Far better. Um, St. Louis, Packy Naughton's out of rehab. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yvonne Herrera, just get that dude out of Memphis for the love of God. Every time I think he's out of Memphis, I check back, back. again and then he's back in Memphis. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why. I, I guess they're trying to get the final decision together on Wilson Contreras. Like 
They send him back to Memphis. He tears it up every single time. Every time. I, it's a top 100 prospect for us. Like, I don't, I don't know what else they need to see from this guy. Please bring Herrera back up. Even if you're not going to catch him all the time, which you should, um, he could DH a little bit. He could swing it a little bit. Like, let's see what he can do. Help figure your shit out for next year. Yep. Um, NL West now. Arizona's trying to lock up a wild card spot. I think they go and grab two guys that have had ample opportunity at the major league level. That's Ryan Nelson and that's Jake McCarthy. I think McCarthy is a shoe in to join this team because McCarthy, even if he does not hit, he's going to be a late game defensive replacement and he's going to pinch run. He provides a ton of value aside from with the stick. I wish there was another option aside from Ryan Nelson, but they need length and they've got so many young pitchers. And I think Ryan's that guy. I saw a positive report. Uh, I wish I could credit it properly and I apologize. Uh, But I did see a positive report that Dre Jameson is hoping to return. That would be awesome. So of course that wouldn't happen on September one, but you know that that he would take whoever's spot, Uh, but you're going McCarthy over Dom Fletcher. I think so, um, because Fletcher, like, I was hurt. Fletcher, he's hurt right now, anyway. Fletcher's hurt. I yeah, it says undisclosed was placed on seven day injured list at AAA Reno on the twenty fourth. So okay. I don't know the severity of it, but that's enough for me. Like, if it, it's a tie, basically, or it's close, just give me the guy that it wasn't just hurt. So. And I like I like Fletcher's bat more than McCarthy's, but I like McCarthy's other stuff more, and they frankly need the other stuff more than the bat. Yeah. And, and, you know, Justin Martinez is a name I was really excited about going into this year, but he just doesn't have the command. Uh, he, he came up, he flashed the stuff, walked the world, and they sent him back down. So um, that's just a guy that's not going to get a look. But one other one other name, that I think it's interesting that we're not seeing him there right now. And and I wonder, you know, what's going on? Because it's kind of weird is is uh, Peter Strzelecki. Because Strzelecki was a really good reliever for the Brewers. Yeah. Uh for multiple years, he was their setup guy, uh, especially when they moved off a of hater. Then we see him kind of battle some injury issues, struggle a little bit. Um, but I still thought, you know, he's still a good arm and in the numbers aren't terrible this year. Uh, but so far in six innings has walked more guys than he struck out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with Trezolecki, but maybe they bring him up to work, to work on something there. That's another candidate. But uh, I, I think McCarthy and Nelson make the most sense right now. Yeah. Um, Colorado, Riley Pints on the 40. You, you want a feel good story? Colorado is all about the feel good stories. Um, Coco Montes is on the 40 as well, but two non 40 guys. Victor Vodnik, who we thought was a rule five possibility, he did not go in the rule five. Um, and Jimmy Heron, your guy, who's a non 40 guy, is is performing worthy of a big league call up. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Jimmy Heron get an opportunity, but of course, he's a guy that was left off the 40 man in the ahead of the rule five draft. So, you know, odds are they might leave him off again. He's 27, but he's been putting up good numbers. So I just wanted to throw Jimmy Heron in there. I mean, he's guys, he's got an 887 OPS and triple a, I know it's, I know it's triple a PCL, but it's still 50 points above average. Yeah. He's been consistently hitting there and he plays all three spots and he steals some bags and he's running to more power this year. That's a guy I would love to see get an opportunity because I think he's earned it. But Montes has put up, video game numbers through stretches and is already on the 40. I, I, I don't know why Riley Pine's on the, like I'm happy for Riley Pine. I just don't know why he's on the 40, like to, yeah. to be totally honest. And it, it's not 104 anymore. It's 95. Yeah, actually I'm very curious because the strikeout numbers are still good from Riley Pine and I'm yeah. glad he got up to the big leagues. He got his one third of an inning there, but 
Um, he's 95, 96. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, honestly, send him up there. (laughs) They just released jerks and profile. Like, get this guy some service time. He deserves it. Uh, Give me Riley Pint and give me Coco Montes. Perfect. Um, The Dodgers. Johnny DeLuca is on a rehab. I think DeLuca is going to be a great add for them. Just bench depth. Miguel Vargas is active in AAA right now. Do you want to bring Vargas up? Bush is getting a little bit more run right now, which is exciting. Um, and then two starters in AAA three, I guess, if you want to include Gavin Stone, who got roughed up again this year, might just not be the one where he's a Dodger uh, in Stone. But Emmett Sheehan is back in OKC. But for the love of God, Pepio, Pepio, Pepio. Guy figured something out. Let him roll. Yep. Yeah, we we definitely are seeing a different Ryan Pepe out at this point. I let that guy roll, as you said. Like he he needs to he needs to keep going. Uh, Stone, I, I I like what I've seen from him in triple. I think he's you know improved a lot of things, and I think he should just keep kind of building on that momentum there. Um, he, I thought he actually showed a lot of good things, and that started against Boston. I know that the final line score was six innings, three home runs, you know, four earned, two strikeouts, no walks, but. It was like one really cheap home run. I, I thought I thought he could have got out of there with a much better line. Uh, that said, I, I agree. I don't think he's helping the Dodgers to the same level of a Ryan Pepeo. He, he looks who looks ready to go, and, and the and, command looks like something is clicked here. And, and frankly, change of heart for me. I thought Sheehan was going to help a bit more than Pepeo, but this version of Pepeo looks more helpful than Sheehan. Yeah, and I like Sheehan better long term. But again, yeah, we're talking about winning ball games right now, and and Sheehan just keeps battling command issues. And I think it's just he's you know trying to find it to get back to the big leagues, but just kind of getting away from the guy that got him to the big leagues. And I just see a guy that's like fighting himself right now. Pepeo, you know, he he's already gone through that phase, right? Like Pepeo had already had the top prospect phase. Like I got up to the big leagues, now I, I can't find it up here, and then I get sent back down, and like that that feeling. Like Pepeo's already on the other side of that. These other guys are just now going through that. So yeah, give me Pepeo without a doubt. I loved what I saw from him in that piggyback role, and I think he could definitely continue to do that for this Dodgers team. Uh, Sheehan, I still like better than all of them long term, and I will, you know, I'll die on that hill. But he just gave up five earned and. You know, one and two thirds with three walks in Albuquerque. And, you know, you look at a uh, Miguel Vargas, he just golden sombreroed the other day in Albuquerque. So, which is so uh, weird. It is bizarre to see. And I think this is kind of just one of those like years that got away from him, both injury wise and like pressure too. I go DeLuca and Pepio. Yep. I, I think that's a perfect September one. Um, San Diego. Do we care? <laughs> Jay Groom, Ray Kerr, Aggie Rosario are the three guys. Pick two. If you want to go pitcher and hitter, uh, I go Groom and Aggie Rosario. And Groom has these starts where he just gives up a ton of runs, yeah. but he also has had some some pretty lights out ones. So, yeah, it's the PCL. Like, I, I'd love to see Jay Groom. Like, I'd, I would love to see what, what they've got there. And I mean, they can find a spot in the rotation for him every fifth day. I think he's earned it at this point. He's he's missing a lot of bats. Wait, let's let's see what Jay Groom can do. Like, I, I'm fine with that. Um, I've, I've always enjoyed Ray Kerr. Le- lefty just throws absolute fuzz. 29. Like, might as well sure. see what he can do out of that bullpen. He's been really good as well uh, out of the bullpen and, and AAA, just trying to put it all together at the big league level. You're not you're not making the playoffs. I'd, I'd go with those two guys. Is there really a spot for Eggy Rosario? Like, no, there's not. Not really. That that time will come maybe next yeah. year. So I, I'd rather see what you got with the two arms. 
And, and then San Francisco here is also in a wild card hunt. Mitch Hanniger is on a rehab. Hanniger is going to take one of those spots. Is it September one? Is it later? Don't know. Probably going to be later. David VR is an option for the immediate future until until it's Hanniger's turn, and then VR can get optioned. Um, a non forty pitcher. The bullpen's been awesome. The rotation, if they do need a five. Might I point you in the way of Kaiwei Tang, who, who's in AAA right now? And this guy, I don't know how much you've seen of him in Sacramento, but this no, guy can fill up. He can fill up the strike zone, dog. I, I trust you. I've seen nothing. <laughs> I've seen absolutely nothing. But I, I'm I'm in on that. I'm absolutely in on that. And and this is a team that also, by the way, like they kind of made their forty man, or they made their September call up when when they had to kind of in, a, in an emergency add a guy to the to the 40 man that you know I don't know if they necessarily should have you know and, and I think that's kind of handcuffed them to a degree now who am I drawing a blank on who's the guy that they added to the 40 man the other day Wade Meckler uh, Wade Meckler yeah, yeah yeah Meckler so they add Meckler they wouldn't have had to add Meckler to the 40 man for a couple years for so like three I, more years yeah, and, and you know what, Mekor overall has put up good numbers, so I, I got nothing negative to say. I know he's striking out 40% of the time, but he is hitting 294, 415, 324, whatever the hell that is. Like yeah. it, they didn't, they would not have had to put Wade Mekor on the 40 for multiple years. So now, you know, you already kind of took away one spot, and you know the Giants are perpetually in a 40-man crunch. I, I always confuse Mekor and Marlowe, by the way. Kate Marlowe, Wade Meckler. I like I Kate Marlowe more than Wade Meckler. I do too, but I don't know why I always mix those two up. So yeah, they, they already kind of hit their 40 crunch. So I, I think they're going to bring back guys off the IL and and David VR until then. And if they really need an arm, I'm, I'll pretend that I've ever seen Kai Wei Tang throw. So 12 and a half Ks per nine. He's thrown 100 innings this year. 12 and a half Ks per nine. He's walking about four per nine, um, but keeps the batting average low and I don't know. He can he can get it done. I think. All right. Um, all right, take us through the American League real quick. Yeah, so we got the AL East. I, this is going to be pretty much just rehab central, right? Like just returning guys in Baltimore, just returning guys off of the IL. Uh, Brian Baker's needed as much as ever, you know, in the back end of that bullpen. He's been really good, you know, through spurts. And you know, John Means is going to come back and be able to throw for them now down the stretch. And they've also got Tyler Wells with whatever the whatever they're handling of him innings wise. Ramping back up now. I think it was yeah, the year Perez thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I have no idea. So that that's what they're going to do. Of course, you can mention a Joey Ortiz and a Heston Kerstad and all that good stuff. Kerstad's going to need to be added to the forty man, uh, and I think Ortiz already is on the forty man. Yeah, and Kowser's Kerstad- already on the forty man, and he's in Norfolk right now. But you don't need to add Heston until December, and I think Baltimore is going to be busy uh, ahead of the forty-man deadline to to make some trades and and maybe go get some pitching for next year. So I don't think they do anything. I think they bring back the two guys that are rehabbing and and call it a day. Got you, Boston. Yeah, they're going to get Tanner Houck back in the fold. Who, by the way, did you see what he what he did? He he got a a was it yeah. It, what would you describe that as? It was like a, it was a 3D. It was a 3D print of his broken face. It was his skull. It was like a 3D print, 3D of, print his of his skull, skull, of his skull, and he put it on a chain. And it's huge and it's weird. Yeah, I, look, I, I, he might be a fantastic guy. That's one of the most psychotic things I've ever heard. I mean, that is some scary stuff. That's uh, weird. Yeah, but anyway, he he's nasty. Uh, Red Sox can use him when he's right. Uh, so that that's a guy that obviously plugs right back in. Bobby Dalbeck's been putting up numbers and it's hilarious. 
Yeah, he's really funny. I mean, he's been putting up stupid numbers. So you wonder if maybe they just bring him back in the fold, but you probably prioritize pitching. No, uh, I mean, where you're at. If you're the Red Sox, Chris Murphy, Emmanuel Valdez, those are all options here. Obviously, Hauk is a slam dunk. Who of the other three do you think can help this team the most? I don't think they're starved for power, for corner power. So I would say Chris Murphy. I think Chris Murphy is probably the right one, especially because they just recalled Joe Jakes too. But like Bobby Dahlbeck has 31 pumps and he's 16 for 17 in stolen bases this year. He's so funny. He's striking out a billion times. Yes. But nukes and stolen bases, man. Um, Yeah. I I think Murphy and Hawk make sense. Yeah. And and I think that's, I mean, there's a team that's in the hunt and and I think that makes way more sense for them than, you know, what they're going to get from a a Valdez or like, well, you're a Brayu. I would rather than any of the other bats that we mentioned who get comes up, hits a bomb and then goes to the uh, paternity list. So what, what, what a stretch of days it's been for him. Congratulations on multiple fronts. Yeah. Um, But also talk about a great trade for the Red Sox there to ship out a rental Christian Vasquez. Uh, and go get two 40-man pieces and William Abreu and Emmanuel Valdez. A pretty good trade there uh, by Boston uh, with the Astros, who tend to not like giving up some of their guys there. Yep. Move on to the Yankees. <laughs> they have a lot of different ways that they can go. I think that the, the no-brainer that is already on the 40-man is Greg Weissert, just because I was looking at some of the other bullpen arms, and they haven't really been performing, and Weissert can snap the crap out of that thing, man. That's a 3,000 RPM bad boy. Um, Crazy. Then they could add some people off the 40 man and they've got some wiggle room on the 40 man. I I don't take them as a 40 man crunch type team. So they could go Clayton beater who his numbers in triple a look far worse than they are. If you take away one absolute blow up start where I think he had to like take one for the team and stay in there. Uh, his numbers are really good. I would say his numbers are more emblematic of what he's or his abilities, more emblematic of what he's done in double a. And then you have in all caps, Austin Wells, who, at where the Yankees are at and who is catching for them at this point, I'm kind of in the boat of just like, screw it. Who cares? Yes. Uh, even though Wells, you know, I do have some questions. I mean, everybody has questions about the glove. I do have some questions even about the bat, but he's hit slightly above league average offensively, uh, you know, in, in triple a and you know what? Like he's more exciting than Kyle Higashioka and, and Garrett Cole might not want to throw to him, but everybody else will. So I, I'd be cool with Austin Wells. I, I can't uh, Jason Dominguez ain't happening. And and if no. it does, that's malpractice. Uh, I've already seen some rumblings about that. I think that's silly. I think, I think beater and Weissert makes the most sense personally, but if you want to go crazy and bring Wells up gas, I just think you're setting that kid up for failure because he's, he's just kind of going offensively. And you know, the glove is still kind of far off. So the only reason I would petition for Wells is because I cannot hear the name Higashioka or Rortvet one more time. Yeah. No, please. God, no. And that's why I'm like, I'm cool with it. Like if he sucks, who cares? <laughs> He's not Ben Rortvet and Kyle Higashioka. So who cares? And yeah. that's kind of where I'm at too. So I'm, I'm in on that. We look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Taj Bradley, you feel like almost surely he's going to come up and you know make some sort of an impact here and and play some sort of a role. Uh, you also have Josh Fleming, Curtis Mead, Austin Shenton. Shenton is the one guy that's not on the forty man roster. I was surprised to see Mead sent back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the corresponding move with that? Do we know? I don't know. Let me look at the uh, transaction. Because- you looked at the last six games that Meade had played at the big league level and, and, you know, against some decent pitching staffs, 
six games. I know it's a small sample size, but he was eight for 24 and he wasn't striking out. So I, I was, he was walking. Yeah. I, I was liking what I was seeing from him. I felt like he was just on the cusp of like settling in to the big league level, walking, putting ball in play. And then all of a sudden we're sending him back to triple. So was there a corresponding move that justifies it? Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how you define justified. Vidal Brujan was recalled. No, <laughs> I guess that was a defensive positional thing. This is, again, this is another one of those things where like we keep up with 30 farm systems and try to keep up with 30 teams as, as, as intricately as we can. But I can't always tell you off the dome why the Rays, you know, preferred Vidal Brujan to a Curtis Mead, unless it was just to buy some time for some, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The I, other I thing- I've been out on Vidal Brujan since 2018. So I, I, I have no idea. The other thing is I, I don't know. And like weird thing, just looking at Tampa's transaction log. Um, I guess it's like where he's at in arbitration, but I'm actually pretty shocked that Francisco Mejia cleared waivers. He was outrighted. I mean, dude, I was, I was thinking about it. Like grass is always greener. Like Marlins fans are like pounding the table and I'm like looking at the numbers. It's not that much different <laughs> than what they're getting. And, and Mejia was always going to bat first and the bat's not there. And there must be some other things at hand. And yeah, I was surprised to see him go on claim though. hundred percent. Yeah. It shows you, the Rays do that with a guy. They're probably red. going unclaimed, yeah. or they're in an absolute pinch. Uh, one other name would have been Rene Pinto. I love that they brought him up, and I think he actually can be a better option for them than than what they were getting from Mejia. But yeah, I'm just trying to understand what the reasoning is behind Bruhan. I guess from what I can understand, and now looking at the roster resource, you have Jonathan Aranda defensively limited. You have Harold Ramirez the most defensively limited. <laughs> Right. And then you, your your other bench piece is Christian Betancourt. So I think they keep Bruhan up there for the defensive versatility. Basabe was supposed to be the defensive versatility guy. He's your starting shortstop now. Yeah. So I think I think we see Meade right back up when rosters expand. And then I'm gonna say Taj. I think Taj. I think just and another then, starter. And then Shenton is another guy that I featured in the article of prospects who have upped their their value. Shenton maybe a guy that could go one, one in the rule five. If he was not uh, protected, the Rays will find a, a spot for Austin Shenton or they will trade him in the off season. So He's amazing. I don't think, I don't think they're going to rush that decision. I, I understand it now that I look at the roster resource, they had a bunch of dudes that literally couldn't play other positions. So Bruhan was needed with walls out. You know, when walls comes back, Bruhan will get sent back out and they'd keep, I think they'd keep that roster spot with Mead. Yeah. Toronto. They could go a few different ways, man. And and with some of the injuries now, I, I, I'm interested to see what you think here. You can go or Elvis Martinez, Addison Barger, Spencer Horwitz, Nate Pearson. Beautiful thing is all of these guys are on the 40, man. Um, We talked about or Elvis. Technically speaking, the biggest climber on our uh, top 100 list because, um, you know, we, we, we stopped the list at 100. But I can promise you or Elvis was the furthest outside of the top 100 going into this year. Uh, of the guys that ended up getting onto the top 100 in the midseason update, if that makes sense. I, I, where, where do you go with this? Barger's been hurt, so we haven't gotten like the like early in the year, and now is getting rolling again. They've been playing him in right, which is interesting. Like yeah. he's played short, he's played third, he's played right. I think that versatility is a little bit more valuable. He's also just hits the crap out of the ball. But Spencer Horwitz defensively limited, but. The guy just hits the baseball. He's hitting the crap out of the ball right he's now. Just, he's too good for triple. Is he quadruple A? Maybe. We don't know yet. 
but could he be like David Schneider? Maybe. So where do you go here? I go Nate Pearson for sure. And I go Arelvis. And the reason I go Arelvis is because I feel best about him out of those three. Obviously, Horowitz is not going to play third base. I feel best about him at third base as opposed to Barger. Um, and with Chapman likely hitting the IL, I don't know if he's officially hit the IL yet or not, but he hurt his finger bad on Sunday. Um, I, I think Arelvis can help you out in the infield. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, too. I think I trust, which I can't believe I'm saying. I, I think I trust Aurelvis' bat a little bit more than Carger <laughs> right now. And um, I, I just like what I've seen from him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with, I think we could see Aurelvis and, and Nate Pearson, uh, which is which is fun. I mean, those, if, you, really? if, you told, if you said that two, three years ago, the, the Blue Jays would be like, we're winning the World Series. But it's a little different nowadays. But I will say Aurelvis, is, it's been nice to see him kind of shift that prospect stock back up and, you know, Nate Pearson was sitting 99 in his last outing. So, you know, that's a guy that can give you something out of the pen and 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 just be another option for you. Real quick, before we wrap up with the final two divisions, which the West will be very, very quick. Just wanted to let you know about our friends at Alts, which is the easiest, the easiest way to be able to collect baseball cards. And with the card market really heating up right now. Alt.xyz, which is linked in our episode description, is the easiest way to keep up either both buying or selling cards. My favorite feature with Alt is that you can literally, if there's a card that you've been looking for that's out there and or that might not be out there at the moment and you want to find it, you can put it in the search bar, save the search, and you'll be notified anytime a card is put up for sale. So if I want an Aurelvis Martinez PSA 10 because I think he's going to come up soon, I can save that search and be notified anytime by alt when somebody lists that card. It is the easiest way to track just about everything you need to know in the sports card hobby. If you pull a card, if you buy a card, if you want to check the prices, their pricing guide is as good as it gets. It aggregates pretty much every single marketplace, including eBay as well. And there's really nowhere else you're going to need to go for your sports card information and basically overall coverage. It's what we use. Use that link in the episode description to go check it out. It is free to download. Yep. Okay. AL Central. Cal Quantrill is going to come back. Boy, did he look great uh, in his last outing. I watched that one. <laughs> he was dirty. He was dirty. He shut that Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp lineup down. Um, he looked back to Cal Quantrill. So the Guardians will add him back, and he's much needed in that rotation. Yeah. Could go Joey Cantillo, could go Brian Rocchio, could go Tim Heron, could go Juan Brito. Rocchio's another one, man. Like, how many times does this dude need to go back and forth? Can we just see what he can do with the big league level and just let it ride? Like, let it ride, man. I've had enough. I've had enough of of the back and forth. They went Rocchio and Tana at the same time. And Tana's on the 40, and John Kensey Noel's on the 40, and George Valera's on the 40. Like, Tana, Noel, Valera, they should end the year in triple. Rokio, like, just let him play shortstop. You got Rosario off the roster so Rokio could play shortstop. Like, what's happening right now? Like, I checked Columbus's roster. I'm like, why are you still here? It's so funny, too, because they're deferring to Gabriel Arias, which is like, he is the player that they typically punt. Yeah. And, and like, inexcusably punt. We talk yeah. about how, like, they, they blindly follow the model too much. And have traded guys like Junior Caminero and have traded guys like Will Benson and Nolan Jones. And and then now you have your prototype 
and Brian Rocchio ready to go. I mean, there's nothing left for him to prove in AAA. And I used to be a big Gabriel Arias fan. I can't, I can't lie. And I still think he's a big leaguer. I really do. I think he's a big leaguer and in some capacity as maybe closer to an Edmundo Sosa type than I, I would have loved to have seen. I, I thought that there was a big league shortstop there, but he's played all over the freaking diamond. Uh, and I love, I love him in that role, but he's been playing shortstop a lot, <laughs> like a lot lately. And I know he's been running into some baseballs here and there, but I've had enough of watching Brian Rocchio just kind of just grind his way through triple a. Like I want to see if he can grind his way through the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, Juan Brito, I threw in there cause he's on the 40, but if you're going to call up Juan Brito and not Rocchio, then I think you actually hate Ryan Rocchio. Yeah. Um, so I would say Rocchio and activate Cal Quantrill. Yeah, I think so too. And I love Cantillo, but you know, he, he he's got time. It'd be fun. Yeah. And like they had Cantillo coming out of the pen in triple. Don't do that at the major league level. Just like let him start games in triple A. And then he's got a shot. You know, it depends what you do next year. I have loved the way Xavier Curry is throwing the ball out of that rotation. Um, so give Cantillo a shot out of spring and and see who wins that battle between Curry and Cantillo. I'm glad that, you know, we, we've we kind of got some closure on Gaddis not being a starter moving forward. A hundred percent. And then that's, kind of where i'm at on on that as well i mean i, I uh, let's see some new some new bullet out there white socks i mean geez we've it, sucks. it sucks it sucks Luis patino is a guy i'd actually be excited to see i, I don't yeah, know about same you. with davy garcia I, I i don't think that the ship is fully sailed on Luis patino he's 23 um i thought he's had a couple of nice outings back-to-back outings against memphis four innings of one run ball uh, he did walk seven in one of them uh but the the, the most recent one struck out four walked only two Fastball still in the mid nineties. I th- I loved this flyer for the White Sox and like let's finish the flyer at the big league level and so let's see what he does. Hey, can I say I also like the Davy Garcia flyer too? Like, yeah, why not? So yeah, I Patino or Davy I think is worth it. And I'll tune in. Like if they're running out Tuki Toussaint, Luis Patino, and Davy Garcia, I'm in, man. I'll watch. Yeah, yeah and, and I think Davy they're gonna you know try to maybe do something Reynaldo Lopez like like where cool. didn't, didn't work as a starter. Let's put him in the in the bullpen. He's sitting 96 now with that banger curveball. That might work. You know, that might work. So I, I would love to see any of those guys. I'm good on Clint Jackson, Frazier, and, you know, anything else. Yeah. Detroit, Mason Englert, he's going to come back off rehab. I have no idea how that works with the Rule 5 at this point, if he has to be up there. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, Eddie's Leonard, he's on the 40-man, but – I think they can just stash him in triple for the rest of the year. Cole he, keeps the guy that, sorry. Yeah. He's had a good stretch, Leonard. I mean, if they're bored, you know, like they can bring him up. <laughs> non 40 guys are Colt Keith, Ty Madden, Justin Henry Malloy. I, I don't see where Henry Malloy fits in, especially with, you know, some of the guys that they've brought up as of late. I love Parker Meadows and what he's been doing. And I think, you know, that's a guy that, you know, is going to get a, a solid look out there. And then if you're going to bring somebody up at the corners, I'd I'd rather see Cole Keith, who will have to be added to the forty man, another twenty twenty draftee, you know, in this off season. Um, Ty Madden's an arm I'd like to see a little bit more from and see if he gets an opportunity, but probably a reach. I think we see Keith in September. I do. I it's silly. We don't need to see anything more of him in AAA. It's he is putting up ridiculous numbers, and I think the the Tigers want to know what they've got going into next year with this young core. So I'll go Angler returns and and Cole Keith gets added. That'd be really cool. It'd be fun to see the debut of Colt Keith. Um, and he's deserved it, man. Like he has totally earned a big league call up this year. No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, Kansas City, Anthony Veneziano, 
non 40 guy. I think they've got room on the 40. Uh, you also highlighted Nate Eaton, Edward Olivares. I put in Nick Lofton, who I think, you know, yes, the numbers aren't crazy, but I'd, I'd like to see what Nick Lofton could do at the big league level. I think he's done enough league average stuff in triple a to, to, to get a look at the big leagues. Uh, yeah. but Veneziano is the guy I'd want to see the most out of this group. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I was trying to, I was trying to scan for like guys that are on the 40 that are, you know, worth bringing back up on the Hill and like Max Castillo, not really. Heasley's been bad in triple like Veneziano, I, I think is, has earned an audition at the big league level. Yeah. Inconsistent with the command. I saw a bad night for him. And then the next night he was phenomenal or the next, you know, a few days. Next later. Start, yeah. yeah. The next start, he was phenomenal. Um, no matter what you say, I, I think he's elevated his stock a ton this year and it would be nice to reward him with a, with a big league opportunity. I think there's a swing man, maybe the fringe five type role for him. And you know, that's not bad at all. Uh, yeah. And I think that could be a, a solid player. Minnesota has a lot of options and I think all of which are going to be seriously considered here. Louis Varland, Brent Hedrick, Trevor Larnick, Junior Severino is a non forty man. Andrew Stevenson is a non forty man. Uh, I know you're going to make your your Andrew Stevenson case. I think Trevor Larnick is one of the most talented players in AAA, like uh, offensively. The problem is I just don't know if he's ever going to hit enough. And like I, I'm, I'm not saying he's like a very very good prospect or anything like that. But in terms of like he flies, he hits the ball hard as hell. He plays great defense in the corners and can play center if you need. I just don't think he's going to hit enough, so I have no idea how it's all going to look. But I don't know if they need a Trevor Larnick out there. It's just he's so talented that I'm always going to have a little bit of a soft spot for him. But to me, it seems like I'd rather have the pitching depth, and I'd rather go with with Varland and Hedrick. Dude, I love watching Varland throw. Varland can get through four innings and 35 pitches. That's the kind of guy Varland is. Um, and Hedrick has done a little bit of both. He started, he's come out of the pen. I, I think if they do need relief help, he can do that. But I think Varland is is the shoe-in pitcher. I'm going to make a case for Junior Severino right now. Because yes, he punches out 30% of the time. But this guy has 28 homers between double and triple A. And I want you to pull up some of the distances on the homers that you see on Junior Severino, who's a younger guy, 23 years old, non-40. I think he does have to get added to the 40 this year. What distances are you seeing? This guy hits the shit out of the ball. The spray chart's so funny. It, is it all left like side? Off the, off the spray chart, literally. Um, huh, I got a 485. Yep. I got a okay. I got a I got a four sixty six. Yep. I got a four sixty one. Mm-hmm. I got a four sixty seven, mm-hmm. and I got a four eighty five. Those are real. Holy crap! Those are real. And I like, would love a bat like that off the bench. That's the thing, man. Like St. Paul, like juiced gun. Like if you watch a St. Paul broadcast, not everybody's throwing one hundred and two miles an hour. Their radar gun says that, and some of their distances are, are blown up a little bit. But this guy, like it's it's a real four eighty. It's a real four sixty. He gets into it, and you talk barrel tip. This guy's got a barrel tip, but man, does it go a long way. Of course he does. Of course, long does. way. So hey, maybe, I, maybe I'm kind of interested. Maybe he can serve a better role than like Jordan Luplo or some of these other guys. So I'm in. You, you sold me on on that kind of power and, um, yeah. But I, I think with with Varlin, that's just a guy that could be a swingman, mop up, spot start, get you get you to the playoffs, preserve your arms. I I, I like it there. So He'll fly other, through the West too. Yeah. Other one real quick is Andrew Stevenson and Stevenson like. Of course, you remember him with Washington. Go ahead. And he's 29 years old. But Andrew Stevenson this year, if you're not keyed in 104 games in AAA, 
This guy's hitting 317 with 23 doubles, 16 homers, and he's 42 for 47 in the stolen base department. He's playing really well. I, I love I love stories like that. I mean, he's making a case, and if not, you know what? He's going to get a contract somewhere else this offseason. So yes. I always I always love that stuff. Him and Miguel Andujar, baby. <laughs> yeah, another Millie just just chilling trips. Uh, <laughs> Parker Mashinsky with the Houston Astros. Astros are a weird team because yeah, I, I wanted to say like a Joey Loprofito who got promoted to triple, but that's a guy that should be getting at bats every day, and um, you know it's not worth trying to like clear a spot with Corey jokes or whatever. And jokes, at least, you know what you're getting. Uh, so I think Mashinsky makes the most sense. He was been back and forth and they bring him back up. He's been a good left-handed reliever for them overall. And then Brandon Belak, both boring, both have been there. I don't think there's much else to add. The intrigue in the AL West is already at the big league level. Yep. Yep. Um, angels, our guy, Michael Stefanik, you know, yes. one of our favorite stories in minor league baseball, this guy, will hit until I think he can't walk anymore. Yeah. And and then I think he still will hit. Between the big leagues and triple A this year, 96% zone contact. Um the problem is he just like doesn't really have anything else going for him that gets scouts excited, right? If this guy even had average power, it would be game over. But mm-hmm. I mean he's four home runs in the in the PCL. But that said, like let's let's watch him swing it up there. Like this team is unwatchable. I love the Stefanic story. Give my boy service time. And he's raking. He's absolutely raking in AAA. Like it's it's a joke for him. I think he would win the AAA batting title every single year if, yeah. if he played the whole year in the PCL. He and but, Xavier Edwards. Yeah, Kenny Rosenberg. That's a lefty that can definitely help them. He's been back sure. and forth. Good good numbers. And then Jordan Adams, former prospect, just has never really hit enough. But yeah, you know, got a cup of coffee up there. Has been swinging it well of late. And it's another guy, just like. You know, who, who would have thought Mickey Moniak would do what he's doing this year? Like, I want to see what Jordan Adams can do out there. He's a great athlete. He was a four-star receiver. Let's let's see what he could do at the big league level a little bit. Everybody's hurt. But, like, how did Jordan Adams get to AAA? If you just look at the OPS by level, like, he really didn't earn a He failed point. upwards. Yeah, he, he failed upwards. It was yeah. so – I saw him in AAA this year. I was like, did he deserve that? And, like, the answer is no, but – The answer is speed and defense. You know, I think I think they, they came to terms at some point in 2022 that, you know what, this is – he's not going to be the first-round guy that we were hoping he would be. And, you know what, maybe we can push him up and develop him into this fourth outfield option. And I'd love to see him develop his, his reads out there and turn into a really fun fourth outfield option because he flies. Yeah. He's 38 for 43 on bags this year in AAA. Yeah. Um, go to Oakland. A guy that's not on the 40 man that I would love to see is Daryl Ornias. He was traded for Cole Irvin this year. He's been going crazy and he can play all over the infield. Of course, you could break Tyler Soderstrom back up, but I thought they rushed him anyways. His chase rates are way too high. The swing is so advanced that you know, maybe, maybe you can give him consistent at bats and let him play through it. But like, why send him back down to bring him back up when you're not playing for anything? And then Cody Thomas is a Stevenson type guy in the outfielders and the outfielders put up awesome numbers who I think could be a really solid. Uh, option for them, you know, just down the stretch here, who's earned it. But Ernais is a guy I'd love to see them find a spot on the 44. And I think he has to be added anyways in December and see what he can do at the big league level because he has been a machine between double and triple. Yeah, he's he's a fun follow right now because he doesn't punch out and he does everything really well while not punching out. This guy, 14 walks, 17 Ks and 38 triple A games. He, and, and can play all over the infield, decent shortstop. I 
I, I can't believe that they pulled that off for Cole Irvin. That was a great deal uh, by Oakland there. Uh, a little bit of a mistake from the prospect hugging Orioles. Yeah. Seattle. Sam Haggerty is probably going to fill in that role. Uh, the play all over. Athletic helps you out. Perlinder Baroa, nasty stuff, has been pretty decent lately. I think that's a guy that could come up and, and end up helping out of the bullpen and then maybe tie Adcock. But I'd go Haggerty and Baroa here. I love Baroa. It's fun. I, that guy, sneaky big. Buckle up, baby. This year. Yeah. Yeah. Abner Uribe light. Yeah. No, no doubt. And, you know, similarly can just kind of jump straight from from double. Uh, He has been lights out as of late in double. You look at his last seven outings, 11 punchies. um, And and you look at the last six outings, he's only given up one run, nine punchies. I I would love to say he struck out the side two out of the last three. I would love to see him, you know, at the big league level and see that stuff on display. And then Texas Rangers, last but not least, I mean, they're going to activate guys. I really think that's ultimately what it's going to be. You hope Evaldi gets activated. You hope uh, any of their injured guys get activated. But Owen White can plug in, and then I think Brad Miller might get activated and and plug into the bench. But Owen White is kind of a spot starter, um, fall guy if you need some innings eaten or can come out of the bullpen. His stuff has been diminished this year, which has been tough to see because I loved him last year, but the velo has just been down. But he's been putting up some pretty good numbers in AAA over the last few starts, and I think he can plug and play for them. Swingman, uh, eat innings, preserve the bullpen, and you know, spot start when you need down the stretch here. AOS sucked, 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 <laughs> but we flew through it. Uh, that'll do it. We got Davis Schneider tomorrow. That'll be out on the thirtieth. Finally, really excited to talk to him. Hopefully, it's after a good game because we're interviewing right after the game. Uh, and and he will be he would have been one of the names that we highlighted here. We highlighted him earlier in the season and he has been awesome. Long episode, as these usually are when we go through all 30 teams. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a idea of the entire landscape of Major League Baseball and their 40 man situations, but also a teaser of what I'm most excited for the, the offseason 40 man crunch time rule five draft time. It's going to be another loaded rule five draft, baby. All those 2020 draftees and undrafted free agents are going to get a chance to either get selected or get added to the 40. So I'm looking forward to that episode link. The episode description has the alt link in it. So go check that out. Leave a rating. If you could, would really appreciate it. Subscribe to the YouTube. And we have a full article breaking all this down on just baseball.com. Look forward to talking prospects with you with David Schneider tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.